Let's ask God to help us understand this passage this morning. Dear God, we thank you for your gospel, for it is good news for all of us who believe. And we ask that by your grace you would help us to understand the meaning of this passage and its implications for our own lives. Amen. So, we, as I said at the beginning, we reached the uh, ninth part in our ten-part series, these early summer months, uh, on the early chapters of of John's Gospel. And here at the end of chapter 4, we find what I think is a really important passage tucked away, important for us and particularly important for the modern-day church. So if you remember back a few weeks ago, we were in John chapter 3. Over a couple of uh, weeks, we were with uh, the encounter between Jesus and Nicodemus. And what we saw there was the necessity of faith, that it is by faith that we might be saved. And now in this story of the royal official and Jesus, we find the meaning of faith. So in John chapter 3, we learned that faith was necessary. And here in John chapter 4, we learn what true Christian faith looks like. And that's a very important subject today, isn't it? Because, you see, virtually everybody has faith of some kind. The Islamist would say that they had faith. The uh, radical secularist has a faith of sorts. Uh, The modern-day atheists have uh, faith in their position or in their interpretation of science. You often hear people say, don't you, oh, I wish I had your faith. What actually is true faith? What is that faith which God wants us to have? I think there are very important clues in the passage that we had read this morning. So as a roadmap of of where I want to uh, take us, first of all, we'll recap the story. Then secondly, we'll look at the type of faith Jesus does not want. What is that type of faith that Jesus doesn't want? Thirdly, we'll see how faith can develop. And then lastly, we'll discover why understanding this is really very good news for us today. So first of all, where we are in the gospel. Um, Having been in Jerusalem... Jesus travels through Samaria, and uh, John was taking us through that two weeks ago with the encounter with the Samaritan woman at the well. And then in our passage, he returns to Galilee. He returns home, if you like. Uh, Specifically, he returns to the village of Cana, where in John chapter 2, he had turned water into wine. So he's back at the scene of what John calls his first sign. Now he's back, he's that much more famous in those parts. Stories of that wedding 
and I'm sure of subsequent miracles in the city of Jerusalem, would have spread. And so a royal official, that's somebody on King Herod's payroll, that's the man that we're, we're hearing about this morning, a royal official travels the 20 miles or so from Capernaum to Cana to see Jesus. The official's son is ill. In fact, he's close to death. And hearing of what Jesus has done elsewhere, he makes the journey and he comes to Jesus to ask him to heal his son. Now, did you notice as Claire was reading that the first answer that Jesus gives the official was a bit of a surprise? Let me tell you, it's certainly not what they teach you in pastoral classes in vicar school. In fact, really, it's probably not what any of us would dare to do. The answer that Jesus gives is really quite brusque. Unless you see miraculous signs and wonders, you will not believe. Now, that response is not at all what we might expect from gentle Jesus, meek and mild. And so it's really important that we don't just skirt over that answer. And a little bit later, I'm going to come back to it and what's going on there. So the response from the official to that is a second, more desperate request for Jesus to come. But Jesus doesn't go with him to Capernaum. Instead, he sends the official back. You may go, your son will live. And then we get John building a picture, building a story of what of the transformation that goes on inside the official. First of all, he takes Jesus at his word and he does go back. So there is some belief there in the official. He does what Jesus says. Now, the journey back in those times, that 20 miles, would have involved an overnight stop. And so it's next morning when he arrives back in Capernaum to find that his son is actually getting better. And when the official traces the time that the recovery started to the hour that Jesus spoke to him, then John concludes this story, he himself believed, him and all his household. And the transformation in the life of the official, as well as of his son, is complete. So what does this say about true faith? This is a story all about faith. And we can know that for sure because the child involved is never present. Did you notice as Claire was reading that the boy at the center of the healing is never actually there in the story? He's never present. Though he recovers, he never meets Jesus. Therefore, everything that happens in this passage happens, not if you like in the context of physical interaction, it happens in the context of faith. This is all about faith. And that's why this passage, I believe, is so important for us today. Because actually our situation here in Slatham is remarkably similar. We don't actually meet the physical man, Jesus of Nazareth. Everything that we do 
we do in the context of faith. Our interaction with Jesus, though real, is in the context of faith. And the first lesson of this story is a negative one. It's the type of faith that Jesus does not want. This is the point of that seemingly brusque reply to the official's first request. Unless you see signs and wonders, you're never going to believe. Wanting the sun to get, nat- to, to get better is a very natural thing. But needing to see the sign is not true faith, says Jesus. It's actually very rare that we will see the sign. The official had heard of Jesus turning water into wine. He had heard that Jesus was back in the area. And now he comes from Capernaum to Cana looking for another sign. And Jesus rebukes that type of faith which depends on seeing the sign. And so really importantly, later on when the boy is actually healed, not only is Jesus not physically present, but the official himself is not there. He doesn't actually see the moment when the boy gets healed. He doesn't get to see the sign. Jesus is teaching us here that he doesn't want a faith which is dependent on us seeing signs and wonders. We are supposed to take Jesus at his word. That faith which needs a continual top-up of signs and wonders is a very immature faith. It's not true Christian faith that our Lord wants. Let me give you an illustration, and like all illustrations, it's imperfect. Um, So a couple of weeks ago, Theresa May, as most of you will realize, um, was made uh, Prime Minister. And she went to Buckingham Palace, and she went for the ceremony of kissing hands. And I'm told that nowadays you don't actually do the real kissing of hands, but she went for that ceremony with the Queen of kissing hands. And that ceremony is an outward sign of her new position, of her appointment to high office. But now that Theresa May is Prime Minister, imagine how ridiculous it would be if every time she needed to make a prime ministerial decision, first of all, she had to get in her jag and go to Buckingham Palace and kiss the Queen's hand and then come back and make the decision. If every morning before breakfast she had to go to the Queen to get the outward sign that she's Prime Minister before going back to number 10 and sitting at the cabinet table and then being Prime Minister. That would be plainly ridiculous. Because her position as Prime Minister doesn't depend on repeated signs and ceremonies. It depends on the Queen saying that she's Prime Minister. And that that fact being recorded, being written down for us. It's on that basis that Theresa May is Prime Minister, not on a kind of backwards and forwards commute 
from 10 Downing Street to Windsor Castle. And so it is with Jesus and faith. We have a relationship with God when we are able to take God at his word. What God has said to us, recorded and written down. Not because of some repeated, regular, outward sign or wonder. Next, though, notice how the royal official's faith does develop through the story. This story also shows that faith is not something you've either got or not got, but rather through encounter with the living Jesus Christ, faith is something which can develop over time. I think we can chart three stages to the development of the official's faith, even in just the few verses of our short story. In verse 48, it begins with a faith which is seeking Jesus, but is seeking a sign. By verse 50, this has developed into a faith that takes Jesus at his word. Jesus says, you may go home, the boy is healed, and he believes Jesus' words, and he goes home. But the story ends with a further development. The story ends with what John himself calls believing, a professing faith that Jesus is the Messiah, the promised one, the saviour. So do you see through the story how the man's faith is not static? It develops over time. And I think that the key dynamic of that development is that it moves from what the man himself wants, a healing, a sign, to a focus on what Jesus says, and then to a recognition of the power of what Jesus says. So true faith depends on taking God at his word, not on repeated signs and wonders. And true faith can develop. And I want to finish this morning by saying that I think this is both a warning for the modern church and incredibly good news for you and me. It's a warning for the modern-day church because the problem of John 4.48 is still surprisingly common. There are, alas, many appearances of church in the world which want to focus on the outward sign rather than on taking Jesus at his word. Let me read you the vision statement of one well-known West Coast American church. We are a congregation rooted in the love of God and dedicated to worldwide transformation through revival. It's our goal for God's love to be manifest in signs and wonders and miracles. The atmosphere here is charged with faith and exuberant joy, which manifests in all we do. Very well-known church. Our goal for God's love to be manifest in signs and wonders and miracles. 
And John chapter 4 verse 48 says, unless you see signs and wonders, you will never believe. Don't keep looking for signs. Take Jesus at his word. <coughs> but finally, this is terrific news for all of us. Because it means that true faith is accessible to all of us. Because we all have God's words. And it means that it doesn't require a special class of person to have true faith. And it doesn't mean that I have to have had a particular type of encounter or I need a certain type of spiritual gift. True faith is taking God at his word and that is accessible to me and to you, to all of us here today. Which is why it's so important, I think, that we grasp what Jesus is teaching us here. And the man took Jesus at his word and he went home and through faith he and his household believed. And may that be our experience in our own lives. Amen.